coverage you can count on. This is WTVM News Leader 9, celebrating 65 years. Sponsored by Montlake and Associates. Good evening. Welcome to News Leader 9 at 5. I'm Jason Dennis. And I'm Barbara Goche. Thanks so much for joining us. Our top story tonight, Columbus police make an arrest in the Mellon Street double murder from nearly two months ago. Officers arrested 37-year-old Earl Johnson overnight for the shooting deaths of Lamonte Muff and Latre Buchanan back on August 25th at a Mellon Street apartment. Investigators say Johnson is also responsible for shooting and injuring Joshua Brown moments later near Elizabeth Canty Apartments. Investigators confirming both shootings were in fact connected. News and I spoke with Buchanan's family today about the recent arrest. Thank you, it's great. Um, I just hope that if there's anybody else out there that was connected, that they get them also and put them behind bars. But it really feels good to know that that person is off the street. Family members say they still don't know why Buchanan and Muff from Albany were in Columbus. Johnson is in the Muskogee County Jail facing two counts of murder and one count of aggravated assault. His preliminary hearing scheduled for Friday morning at 9 Eastern in Recorder's Court. And tonight, Newsletter 9 wants to announce an initiative, and we need your help. Yeah, following yet another recent rash of crimes, including the shooting death of a 12-year-old Phoenix City boy, we're launching Victory Over Violence. It is our way to not just report on the issue, but to offer solutions, and you can join in. From volunteering to being a mentor to your neighborhood crime watch, we'll be sharing real ideas to help make the Chattahoochee Valley safer. It's our commitment to hope, solutions and action. And what better way to begin our victory over violence than by showing how the Muskogee County Marshal's Office plans to lead a charge to cut down crime in Columbus. It's through a series they're calling Death by Another Name. They're bringing in community members and local officials to address what they're calling a crisis. Newsletter 9's Tony Sloan is live now at the Columbus Government Center with more on how these city leaders are focusing on crime and what they're doing next. Well, that's absolutely right, Jason. It's called Death by Another Name. And the Muskogee County Marshal Greg Countryman says it's called that because more than one person suffers a loss when a person is shot or a family loses a loved one to gun violence. This is a collection of local pastors, city officials, teachers, and other community members coming together to continue the conversation on what can be done to stop the violence. In order to stop this senseless shootings and also avoid some of those deaths, former gang member Coral Norman is rallying behind this concept. People need an opportunity. People deserve a second chance. I myself got a second and third chance. Like I said, I'm a three-time convicted felon. I've been to prison three times and God pulled me out. I had an opportunity to change my life. 75% of the young men that I talk to in the streets, they always tell me that, look, if I had a, something different to do, I would do it. For a senseless killing. Marshal Greg Countryman says that this is only the beginning. This month is dedicated to assessing the issue and finding ways to correcting the problem. He says that this is the beginning of this series. And coming up on the News at 6, we sit down with Marshal Greg Countryman on this series and how they're planning to bring families of those affected by violence together to spark change. We'll have that for you in our live report. Live in Columbus, Tony Sloan, reporting for News, Good or not. Good to see some action being taken. All right, thank you, Tony. 
Well, as we check the weather tonight, we got some much needed rain yesterday and overnight as well. But uh, looks like things are clearing up and cooling down as we take a live look right now from our Alpha Insurance Skycam. This is looking out at Uptown Columbus. Yeah, I like to see those blue skies out there, but will we see more rain before the week is out? Here's Chief Meteorologist Derek Kincaid in the Storm Team 9 Alert Center. Thanks guys. Well, the rain I think out of here for good, at least through the end of this week in that cooler weather getting set to move in right now. We are still at 78 in Columbus, Albany at 81, but check out the weather north and west of here. 69 in Birmingham, 66 in Tupelo. That's where our air is coming from. That cold front has moved through. The colder air will start to move in tonight, setting the stage for a rather chilly start early tomorrow morning. The clouds which we've been dealing with through much of the day, they're starting to break up a bit. Now there still could be a few high thin clouds coming through tonight. That wouldn't be out of the question to deal with overnight, but I think the general trend here is for our temperatures to drop off pretty quickly after sunset and end up in the 40s by early tomorrow morning. But look, it's only going to stay dry for two days. Rain chances back over the weekend. We're going to talk about this coming up in that extended planner, guys. All right, Derek, thank you. Well, today is a day decisions could be made concerning the Ralston Towers in Columbus. Officials say the housing and urban development inspectors are supposed to be determining if necessary improvements have been met to meet standards. This after numerous problems have been reported at the apartment building. And news at 09, Samantha Serban was first to break this news about today's inspection. She joins us live tonight from the Ralston Towers. So, Samantha, what are residents telling you? Have they seen any changes and are they hopeful? Barbara, we've reported on the residents of the Ralston's complaints for a number of years now, and I spoke with two women today who acknowledge the issues, but say they've seen workers here making improvements. Everybody wants to know what's happening with the Ralston. The Ralston was given official notice on August 1st that the owners needed to fix several issues, including water leaks and damaged ceiling tiles, among other issues. If the century-old building does not pass the follow-up inspection, the Ralston could lose its Section 8 housing contract. But it's like a 50-50 chance because they've been working like every day. The way these guys are running around, let me tell you folks, they are getting a lot of work done. Although the inspection is expected to take place Wednesday, U.S. Representative Drew Ferguson's statement reads in part, It is my understanding that HUD's re-inspection is taking place today. I am eagerly awaiting the results of this inspection in the coming days. What we will not accept is a magically changed passing score without corresponding improvements being made to the facility. If for any reason that is the result or the inspection doesn't take place as scheduled, we are prepared to take our case to the highest level of the department. U.S. Representative Sanford Bishop also weighing in saying, now that the inspection has taken place, I hope it will show that the dire conditions we saw on our tour of the Ralston Towers have been remedied. However, if Ralston Towers fails the inspection, I again urge HUD to provide impacted tenants with emergency housing vouchers that will allow the tenants to secure safe, decent, and sanitary housing as soon as possible. I hope that they pass because I really don't want to move. I came for the party and I'm not leaving until they throw me out. I'm told the inspection could take days to be finalized, but once I have it in hand, I'll have it on air and online for you at WTVM.com. Reporting live from the Ralston, Samantha Serban for News Leader 9. All right, Samantha, you've been following this from the beginning. All right, keep us updated. Thanks for the live report.
Now to the latest on the search for three-year-old Camille McKinney, known as Cupcake. She's been missing since Saturday. Birmingham police uh, and even their SWAT officers went door to door of a West Birmingham apartment complex this morning looking for the little girl. They even searched vehicles in the parking lot. A police spokesperson says they got information they thought was credible, but it turned out it was not. One man who was visiting an apartment told us he got stuck there when police showed up, started searching each and every unit. I didn't know what was going on. Only thing I knew was to get my babies back in the house. You know, they went in, they did what they had to do, and they came right on out. And they, they thanked us for our cooperation. Camille was kidnapped while at a birthday party, and two people have been arrested connected to her disappearance. The Birmingham Police Department is holding a news conference as we speak, and we'll have the very latest coming up on News Litter 9 at 6. And more than a year and a half ago, Ebony Giddens, a Columbus mother of three, went missing. Now, her former boyfriend is preparing to represent himself in a trial for charges relating to an incident involving Giddens. Jermaine Jackson is charged with aggravated assault, aggravated stalking, and possession of a firearm during a felony. Now, all three of those charges were made just days before Giddens was reported missing. Because of Giddens' disappearance, Judge Arthur Smith decided today to allow hearsay evidence during this trial. The case is expected to go to trial October 28th. Opelika police officers will now be seeing bigger paychecks this after the Opelika City Council voted unanimously 5-0 to pass a resolution to help increase pay for the city's police officers and change job structures. Now currently, if an Opelika officer does not have a rank like sergeant or lieutenant, they're labeled an officer no matter the years on the force. And this means sometimes experienced officers are not making much more than new ones. This resolution passed last night will now change that creating different categories of officers paid depending on time spent with the force. The resolution, though, will go into effect in the next couple months. A familiar face in Columbus ready to see change in her community. Air Force veteran and former school board candidate Toya Tucker is running for a four-year seat on Columbus City Council. This after Mayor Pro Tem Evelyn Turner Pugh announced her retirement last week due to health concerns. News Center 9 caught up with Tucker, who says she is ready to hit the ground running. Public service is something that's in my family. My um, grandfather is a former city council. Um, I've been shadowing Eve Evelyn Turner Pugh for years now, and I just felt like it was time. I have a close relationship with Evelyn, and I want to be her legacy. So basically, what I'm doing for our community is to continue in the things that she did to make this district great. So 2025 vision is to have vibrant, connected communities. Um, just like here at Carver Park, we want to ensure that our community is vibrant and connected. We want to have talented and educated people. We want to have economic growth in this community. I mean, get back to the community. That's what it's all about. We want to do things to inspire our community to reach for you know their dreams. Mm -hmm. There will be a capital projects public meeting and I'm urging the citizens to go to attend this meeting because there are, are capital projects that pertain directly to, specifically to District 4, such as Carver Park, Shirley B. Winston, our road improvements. So we need you there, we need your voice the only way that we can get things done is if we do it together because we're working for a better Columbus. Now the meeting that Tucker was talking about takes place at Shirley B. Winston Park, November 7th from 6 until 730. 
Well, ahead here on the news at five, the Manchester Blue Devils preparing to take on Brookstone in our sports overtime game of the week. We're going to go in the huddle as they get ready for the big matchup coming up. And tonight we want to say congratulations to Tracy Lowry from Columbus for winning our WTVM and Energy Savers umbrella. There will be more rain chances ahead over the weekend. We're going to talk about that coming up in your extended forecast. A Lee County intersection plaguing drivers who say the way it's set up right now is dangerous and it's causing one car crash after another. Newsletter 9's Katie Cameron joins us live from Smith Station on Lee Road 240. So Katie, why are folks saying this intersection is so dangerous? Well, guys, I've talked to dozens of people here today who say something needs to be done before there's a deadly car crash here at this intersection. They say the way the lanes are set up, the multiple blind spots and the traffic in and out of the gas station will make this intersection. It's all problematic. This is at the crossroads of Lee Road 240, 197 and 239. According to the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, they don't track the number of accidents at a particular intersection, so I don't have those numbers. But those in the area say accidents happen at least monthly, ranging from small fender benders to ones with major injuries. As far as I know, nobody has died. There's been no fatalities on the corner in the last 15 years, but it's getting the accidents are getting more and more common. And it's it's just real real bad intersection. Collisions after collisions for the past couple of years have been some major collisions here, and it just really needs a red light. According to the Lee County Highway Department, they've never received a request to install a light at this intersection. And if they did receive one, they would run an analysis examining things like the history of crashes and the posted speed limit to determine if a stoplight is warranted. Those I spoke with in the area say at the end of the day, they just want people to slow down and be careful. Live at Smith Station, Katie Kamen reporting for News Leader 9. Hey, everybody just wants everyone to be safe. All right, Katie, thank you for the live report tonight. From WTVM Storm Team 9, Poma, the exclusive, always live News Leader 9 Mobile Alert Center, sponsored by Headquarter Nissan. Here is meteorologist Derek Kincaid. We are going to see a great end to this week weather-wise. Sunshine back tomorrow and Friday and lows both mornings down in the 40s. The highs in the 70s, so a really nice fall weather ending this week. But this weekend, some tropical troubles. We're watching the Gulf. There'll be a system down there that will spin up and move our way. We don't expect it to be very strong, but it will bring us rain Saturday and Sunday too. Looks like Saturday night into Sunday may feature the best overall coverage of rain at the moment. But look, we're going to go with chances both days, especially late Saturday and early Sunday with kind of the in between having the highest overall coverage of rain and maybe a few thunderstorms. Next week, another cold front moves through Monday into Tuesday. That'll bring more rain, but also another shot of cooler air by the middle of next week. Now, as far as where we ended up, this is over the last 48 hours. Uh, rainfall totals on the average across the uh, valley, at least here in the box, about one inch. But there were some spots across our southern county, south of Highway 80, where we had between about two and three inches of rain uh, within the past two days. Fantastic news. Again, we needed that steady so Soaking rain, and we may get another one at times this weekend. Tonight, the radar view is uh, quiet. Their rain is long gone, so we're going to stay dry for now at least two days in a row here, Thursday, Friday. Out to the west of us, we find some of those high, thin clouds. These may be a little slow to clear out. We may have to deal with these tonight 
and at times on Thursday and Friday, but the rain is out of here and that cooler air is on the way. Right now it's 78 in Columbus, 81 in the Americas and Albany, but on the other side of that front, you move north and west of Interstate 85, Auburn 73, 68 in Alexander City, Roanoke already at 66. This represents the leading edge of the cooler air that's starting to move our way. Now our rain chances up and down here over the next few days. We're going to see a dry end to the week. Your best coverage Saturday into Sunday and then Monday into Tuesday. Another good chance at rain with that cold front that moves through. That should dry things out by Wednesday. But once again, you want to pay attention to some changes that may alter the timing of those rain chances. For tonight, here's how things go. And how about this map? 45 in Alexander City, 43 in Camp Hill, Auburn 44. You fall off 46. Clouds moving out. It stays breezy overnight. Columbus 49. 44 in Pine Mountain, so Columbus is going to end up being one of the warmer spots tonight. Most areas cooler than 49 degrees. You'll need the jacket early tomorrow morning. Uh, many places probably the first time you would have needed it this season. For tomorrow, a cool start giving way to a breezy and cooler afternoon. Highs back in the low 70s for your day on Thursday. Greater Columbus Fair opens up too. Weather looks great for that. Looking like fair weather for sure with those temperatures staying on the cool side as we take you into tomorrow night. Then as we get ready to end the week and head into the weekend, rain chances return. There's another chance of rain for you Monday into Tuesday. That will lead us to another cool down by the middle and end of next week, guys. So we're talking jackets uh, maybe in the morning, huh? We're talking jackets. Yeah. Uh, wow. No, no frost, nothing like that, yeah. but it's going to be cooler at least chilly when you step out the door tomorrow morning. Yeah, like Dave's been saying, finally getting to, you know, like football type weather. Right, right here as we get ready to end the season. <laughs> High school season anyway. That's how it works, yeah. right? All right, Dirk, thank you.